Hello everybody and welcome to another Comedian's Interview for my blog and podcast A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching over 1,000 stand-up comedians over the last 46 years and counting. My guest today is the fantastic comedian Ilada Arden. Yes! Hello! Hello! <laughs> Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's lovely to see you and thank you so, so much. You, Whenever I've seen you live, you've always made me laugh so much. Oh, I'm really pleased to hear it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I aim for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, as I say, thank you so much. Um, the interview is going to last about 45 minutes and we're going to talk about your comic career and I'd like to go right back to the start and ask you how did you become a comedian in the first place? Um, I started doing comedy because uh, it's okay. I, I used to be a performer, I used to have, I used to have my own theatre company um, and then when I sort of maybe five five years ago or something um the theater company kind of wound down and i was a little bit lost i didn't really know what to do i knew that i wanted to still be creating and making kind of cool things but i didn't really know how or what or anything like that and then on my 30th birthday um i was gifted a, a stand-up comedy course um by someone very dear to me and i think that because i would sort of gone to comedy all the time and I'd always been like god it would be amazing to try that it would be amazing yeah, yeah. but I just didn't have the guts to do it myself um, and so when somebody gave it to me as a gift that's kind of what pushed me into it um, so it was just like a weekend course a very very sort of basic introduction um, and I, I sort of did the course and I was like oh I see everything in my life makes sense now wow <laughs> and you were away that's 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 fascinating because um, I work in a school. I work on a reception in a school, and uh, when I first started, the history teacher there he came through one day and he said, "Rich," he said, "I've I've my girlfriend has got me a comedy course, and I have no idea what to do, and I need someone to go along to come along and help me, yeah. support me with all the gigs and everything." And it was fascinating watching him because um, he won the competition and he's now running a comedy club in Dubai. He's still doing a history, he's still a history teacher, but he's running yeah. a comedy club in another country. And I had him on the interview and it was fascinating. Oh, amazing. It was fascinating to listen to. So I wish you all the very best. Um, <laughs> Where where was your first ever gig then and what was it like? Was it part of the comedy competition? Uh, yes, um, it, it was part of the comedy, uh, the comedy course. Yeah. Um, it's sort of the two days culminated in a kind of little showcase right. for friends and family and invited people. And it was literally just like a lot of the gigs that I do, a room above a pub. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was literally just a room above a pub to a crowd of maybe like, I think, 30 people, which actually is probably busier than a lot of the audiences that I perform to. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, and, and it was it was sort of like, I, I, it was just five minutes that I did. Obviously, everyone just stopped doing five minutes. And um, I did it in a room above a pub. I can't remember where it was. It was near like, it was near Paddington somewhere. Right, right, right. And what year would this be? 
Um, this was in 2019, I think. Yeah, right. yeah, it was 20, It was early 2019. And how, um, how were you feeling when you walked out onto the stage? To, to I do? was fucking shitting myself. <laughs> Polite as ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was honestly like, I was, I remember sitting in the stairwell because like the green room, inverted commas, that we had was literally just like the stairs outside. Yeah. And I remember sitting there and I sort of, I sort of gobbled down like a Mars bar or something like that just to kind of give myself a bit of energy. And then I sort of like looked at my hands and they were like shaking. And I was like, wow. oh no, oh no. What have I, what, why have I done this? Why have I agreed to do this? <laughs> once, once you were on stage delivering the routine, did you feel better or? or yeah, once yeah. Once you were once, away, it was fine. I was on stage and I immediately felt a little bit better and a little bit more, um, just a little, I've sort of like entered like that place of like, well, I'm still scared, but now I kind of have to not be obviously scared. And I sort of went into like teacher mode where I was a little bit like, you know, like if you're teaching kids, they sense fear. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. I think com comedy's a little bit the same where like if an audience senses doubt or fear in you, that's it, it's all over. So I just kind of had to kind of be like, okay, I'm happy. And I did, by, you know, by the time I hit that sort of one minute in, yeah. I was having an amazing time. Um, as, like the first laugh that I got was like, oh my God. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then of course, from there, you build up your five minutes and you, and you yeah. try and get as many gigs as you can. And it's all yeah. about experience. I always say to the, the comedians, even if you do a bad gig, yeah. it, it makes you a better comedian because it's all about experience. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because like uh, a lot of people uh, were saying to me, like sort of, I went on my second gig, um, which was just like, it was just an open mic. Um, and, and I was doing it and a couple of the other comedians there were kind of like, oh, how long have you been going? And I was like, this is my second ever gig. And they were like, okay, well, be prepared to flop real soon. Um, wow. and, and, and they sort of forewarned me and they were like, but like the second you do it, you just got to get back up and go again. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I was like, I'm never going to flop. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I am superwoman. <laughs> Um, and then, lo and behold, it was less than I think it was like three gigs later that I properly died on my ass. Well, I didn't die on my ass, but it wasn't like I wasn't having the most amazing like rapport with the audience, and there weren't like laughs all the way through. And and I yeah, I had to kind of leave the venue and kind of be like, okay, I'm just gonna have to treat that as a hard day at school. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what that was, just a hard day at school. <laughs> Because you see, in all the times I've seen you, and I've seen you a fair few times, I can't imagine you ever having a bad gig because I think you're so good. <laughs> well, that's is, very is kind. That the case? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I don't. I it's I've never been like booed off. No. I've never been like uh, you know had someone be like you shit or anything like that. You don't um, need that at all anyway, yeah. No, um, but I have, I've just had gigs where like, 
I sort of, I misstep in like the first few kind of, you know, things that I say and do, which immediately loses the audience's trust. And then I'm working the rest of my five minutes or seven minutes or however long it is to build, like to gain that trust back. Um, And by the time, like, so by the time I reach the end, maybe like the last two jokes that I tell get like a bit of a laugh but I've been working for the kind of majority of the set to kind of win trust back. So that's yeah. the kind of way that I tend to have bad gigs. And is that's, like, a way, that's a way of obviously keeping going with it because because if you're winning trust as you're, as you're gaining experience, that can only be a positive thing. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, when you walk out there, audiences need to trust you to kind of be like, okay, she's gonna be funny. She's not gonna make me feel embarrassed or awkward. Yeah. Um, and sometimes when you get up there, you just, just you just say say or do the wrong thing, which immediately makes an audience think, "Oh, does she know what she's doing?" Uh oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then obviously, once you've done that, you've just got to work overtime to kind of be like, "No, I do know what I'm doing. I promise. I promise. I promise." Um, and then eventually, you get there, but it does result in a um, instead of a rip roaring gig, just a kind of more mild. Yeah. 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 Um- did you ever find it difficult at all to break through into comedy? Was there ever um, anything, any feelings inside say, saying that I cannot do this, there is barriers or, the, or the, anything stopping you at all? Um, Richard, I still have all of those things. <laughs> Like, the idea of me having broken through into comedy is just hilarious to me. Well, this is what I this is what I feel when I watch you. I think she's so good. There are so many comedians out there who so deserve not a break because you're getting it as you're going along, but you just have to keep going and keep the positiveness going. It's, it's, yeah. it's wonderful to watch. I mean, the hardest thing for me is if I'm feeling a little bit kind of trapped with writing. Like, that's the thing that I'll always be like, oh, fuck, I don't know. What what the hell do I want to talk about? And why would anybody want to listen to me talking about it? Um, (laughs) That's that's the kind of... um, those are the doubts those are the difficulties. And, of course, like, just the the nature of gigging itself Mm -hmm. is like, you know, because I still have a full-time job. So what what is your job if you don't mind me asking? So I work in casting. Right. Um, I, I I I mean I'm very much an admin monkey in in that world, um, but I I basically um, manage some rooms and studios where castings take place. Right. Um, so, so I call them creative. Yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah. it's creative adjacent. Like I'm yeah. very much in that field. Yeah. But obviously that's a very demanding job. Um, I often kind of work very late hours and then, you know, I will finish work at seven and then literally pelt it across London to get to wherever I need to be performing. Wow. And, you know, there's There's only so much of that. There's determination to get an audience (laughs) laughing if if ever there was one. (laughs) That is extraordinary. Um, And and, and, and a nice little link up to the next question, because I was going to ask you, what do you like to talk about on stage? Do you have any particular themes? Do you have any recurring stories at all? Well, I'm still really new. So, like, I mean, relatively speaking, you know, it takes 
I think it takes comedians to kind of figure out what their style and what their essence and what their voice is years and years. And I've, right. if we exclude the pandemic, I've really only been going like a year and a half. Right. Um, and so I'm still figuring out what I want to talk about. And like, I, that's actually really good for me because it means that I can mess around and talk about loads of shit yeah. without, you know, I've, there's no pressure. I can yeah. literally, like last week I did a gig about, you know, being 30 and about how... Um, I can't drink as much anymore and how I love pepperami. And then... <laughs> and, then and then on Friday night, uh, just gone, I did um, some stuff about um, being Turkish, which I think you've heard before. Yeah. And then I also have some stuff about, you know, being a woman and, like, there's a... I'm, it's a very broad church at the minute because I just don't quite... I'm still very much learning sure. um, the thing that I will say that is probably the most common thing that just because of who I am that tends to come up is this idea that I want to be one thing but I'm actually something else <laughs> would you uh, like to expand? <laughs> as in I'm constantly sort of stuck between two places like right. the material that you've probably seen me do most is the stuff about being Turkish and I talk often in that material about how I am Turkish but I don't look Turkish but how I sound English but I was like raised and uh, I, I sort of grew up my childhood was in Australia sure. and so I was you know that's very much like me exploring what it is to belong to three places but also no places um, <laughs> Um, and so there's this that's a common thing that comes up in a lot of the stuff that I do it's like oh I'm over 30 now so I want to be mature but actually I'm still a fucking idiot um, <laughs> well I turn, sort of I turn 54 next week and I'm still a kid <laughs> oh well I mean do you know what that's the best way to do it <laughs> that is the best way <laughs> um, do you think that in your wonderful 18 months as being a comedian so far do you think there's there's been a ever been a point where you've thought i could do this full time there that i that, that there is something saying this is fantastic and this is the way forward for me yeah i mean i think there have been a few moments where yeah. i've kind of got off stage and kind of been like oh no like this is this is what I really want to do like yeah, I don't want to yeah. do anything else with yeah. my life yeah. um, but then there are you know other days where you, the the reality of kind of how much hard work is involved in doing that also kind of um, basically they bash heads <laughs> <laughs> but you know I would love it yeah. I would love to be able to do it but I also know that I think realistically to be able to do this as your full-time job and also get paid and also, you know, I think that's like years down the line. Right. Maybe, maybe you I'm being know. really pessimistic. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe like a fairy godmother will come up and just kind of <laughs> be like, <"Dum> -dum! <laughs> I, I had a, a fateful go at being a stand up years ago. And I've told a lot of the comedians this, um, and there, there was a promoter. It was at the Edinburgh Festival, which we'll yeah. which, which we'll come on to in a moment. And um, uh, it was a um, Monday afternoon gong show for old oh. people. It couldn't be worse. It couldn't be worse. It was the old, oh old older people and thing. And I and I wrote this script about uh, my um, driving exploits in Carlisle because I I was an infamous. I thought I was a good driver, but I I 
wasn't. <laughs> so I, I wrote this script and the promoter said, that's really funny, you'll do really well. And I walked out and the first thing I said to the crowd was, um, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, people think I look like Eddie the Eagle Edwards, but I can't see the resemblance myself. Because, <laughs> because when I was at college, I used to be his, his double, the skier's double. And one old man in the back row just went, fuck off, and gunged me off straight away. And I walked off to my own footsteps. <laughs> and, and the promoter went, have another go, have another go. It was about two or three hours later, so I went out. A similar thing happened. And I said, I don't know about stand-up comedy, but I think my, my place is in the audience. Never say never again. <laughs> but, uh, oh, so I really, having experienced it myself, I know what it... A sense of what it, it must feel like when it goes so well you know so yeah, yeah yeah I mean it's one of those things where if it's going well it's going amazingly and you feel on yeah. top of the world yeah if it's going shit then fucking hell everything is burning and it's all terrible um, <laughs> like like your act I love your frankness <laughs> um uh can you please tell me about your experiences at the Edinburgh Fringe? Have you been, have, uh, have you performed there? Um, so, I have never been there in the capacity of a comedian. Right. Um, but I did, I took two shows up there with uh, theatre shows. One was with my own theatre company. Yeah. Um, and it was a kind of experimental, very kind of wanky, but also super fun um, thing. Um, yeah. And then another one was a show that I produced yeah. um, that uh, a couple of theatre makers who are sort of quite dear friends of mine um, asked me to produce. So I produced it for them. And that was at the... So the, the one with my own theatre company was with... Um, the Pleasants, and then um, the one at the produced the one that I produced was at Assembly. Wow. So um, yeah, like I've been. It's it's a crazy, wonderful, amazing atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Totally, totally um, disorientating and intoxicating. Um, and uh, I was very grateful to have my bed at the end of both rooms. Oh, tell me about it. I, I, I've been very fortunate to go every year since 2005. Oh, wow. Uh, and, uh, uh, I, I the, the last one was obviously 2019. There was nothing in 2020. Yeah. I'm not going this year, but I will be back in 2022. Yeah. Um, and I, go the, I normally go the middle week. And I and I see about fifty shows. It's it, it's it's extra. I'm exhausted by the end of it, but I have the time of my life. My liver takes a battering. I it is just. But but all my friends come up with me. And we plan like spreadsheets and everything. And what to say? It's just the most wonderful thing if you're a comedy or a theatre or a music fan. Yes. That's got yeah. everything on. And, yeah. Uh, um, it's it's interesting your background is in theatre because um, you've had a few theatre collaborations in particular when you were a, a, a part of a team that create that created the show by the end of us. Can can you tell me more about that? Yes, so that was my own theatre company. That was Blockstop. Yeah. Um, by the end of us was. Um, I don't know, so I've forgotten how to talk about it, so I'm going to have to like remember as we go along. Um, so, by the end of us was um, a development of the uh, live action video game that we developed 
Um, our first live action video game was called Dead Weight, and it was basically, <clears throat> excuse me, it was basically a. Uh, uh, an actor wearing like a camera headset kind of there on yeah. top of their head and um, somebody else in a different location, the audience member, basically able to view everything the, that the actor was seeing and doing through the camera wow. and then basically directing the actor um, through a series of kind of complicated mazes and tasks and stuff like that, just like a video game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so that was the first one. Then by the end of us was a sort of development of that where we had the actor and the kind of single audience member as effectively like their own team. And then we had another character in the same show being controlled by actually a group audience um, who were kind of voting on keypads, keypads. And these two characters were kind of opposed to each other and kind of clashing and trying to kind of achieve um, clashing objectives. And it was all very exciting and high-tech and very fun and silly. Um, that sounds so clever as well for the, for the audience. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Was, it, was, it was a lot of... Lot, that, lot of interaction, lot of yeah. visuals. Fantastic. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, in, in 2015, you won the Deutsche Award for Creative Enterprise. And in 20... Congratulations... And in 2020, you were nominated for the Funny Women Awards in both stage and short film categories. How fantastic is that? Yes, thank you. Um, it, Please yeah. describe the experience of competition and do you think it's a help or a hindrance? Um, so the Deutsche Bank thing was slightly different. That was like, that was for the theatre company. That right. was, we submitted a business plan um, and it was basically a sort of thing about how creative our idea was and then how much business savvy we had to be able to be the persons to win the money. Yeah. Um, and we won, so great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, with the with other competitions, with the Funny Women and any other competitions, I've actually only done I think one other competition and that was just like a kind of ad hoc it wasn't like one of the big ones right. um, I think that they can be useful because I think that what they can um, how do I explain this I think a lot of comedians um, are really really good when they're kind of performing just wherever they want to perform but I think to be able to like just turn it on and yeah. perform well when it matters yeah. is a real skill and I think that comedy competitions, stand-up competitions, are a good test of that, yeah. um, of whether or not a comedian has the ability to just turn it on and smash it out of the park regardless. Um, and so I think they can be helpful if acts want to kind of work towards getting to that level. Yeah. Um, but I also think that they can be wildly disheartening as well and that actually if comedians are constantly applying for competitions and not getting anywhere then that's okay because also sometimes you know the competition panels are made up of certain people and you know you there's only so much you can control yeah. and yeah it's always worth bearing that in mind I say that because like I wasn't I didn't I don't mind I would love to be part of more competitions but I know from talking to other acts on the circuit that um that yeah that there's mixed feelings about competitions <laughs> It's, it's interesting because when I had the idea to write the blog, um, I went, I was invited to a, a half day writing course which was run by a comedy promoter. 
Mm. And she, and when I met her, she said, "Oh, she said we've we've forgotten why we've invited you because there was a load of other people who wanted to be reviewers." And I, and I said, "Well, um, you kindly invited me." And I said, "Before we start, can I say I'm not a reviewer, I'm not a diarist, I'm not a reporter, I'm not a critique. I'm a member of the audience out to have a good time." And I I would describe my blog as an enthuse. And she, she never bothered me again. She said that was great, <laughs> and I learnt a lot about the the uh, writing construction and and all the yeah. rest of it, like the reviewers do. But the the rest of them got really targeted because they weren't members of the audience. They were there to do a job, you know. And it was yeah. it, it, it 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 was very interesting to uh, to see. The other thing as well is that I'm I'm delighted that you have got a background in theatre because the only creative thing I've done other than the blog I've written a play myself which I ah. which, which, which we put on for comic relief this was about 10 years ago and it's called The Applicant and it's basically about me it's about a bloke who moves down from Carlisle with a successful girlfriend and the girlfriend's got a job in London and uh, he has never had an interview in his life so it's a series of job interviews and they're the scenes and the interviews get more and more confident as he goes along and in the in the last scene um uh, he gets his ideal job there's lots of pl plot and everything he gets last he gets his ideal job the interviewer kills him <laughs> oh my gosh. And, the, and, and 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 the very last scene is him at the gates of heaven or hell uh being interviewed by god deciding whether or not he should interview corpses, and he just shakes, shrugs his shoulders, and the lights go out. This thing we got nearly two grand for for comic relief, which was wonderful. Oh my god! But on, but on the first night of it, there was my there's only two of us. There was me, who was the main character, and there was my mate who did played all the interviews with all different accents. I ran out, and it was like monologue interview monologue interview, and never ever write monologues because I ran out, and I'd written the thing, and I completely forgot the monologue I was like a rabbit in headlights <laughs> absolutely terrifying but I'm thinking of maybe reviving it at some point and set, giving it to the fringe or whatever so if you're in theatre that's wonderful <laughs> bring it back bring it back bring it back I might well do it's called, it's called the applicant my, my, my favourite joke is he's called Norman Oliver Hope N-O Hope for all the letters oh <laughs> I love that <laughs> anyway, anyway enough of that number um, to date I've seen you at the wonderful Birdies free comedy night uh, in 2019, I'm going to rattle these off. Flamingo Sparks and Live at Limehouse and Comedy Kiss and The Cutting Room Floor, all in 2020 and 2021. Every time you've delivered very, very funny performances. Can you tell me about your writing process, if you've got one, and where you get your ideas from for the routines? Um, my writing process is mostly just me crying. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine this at all. <laughs> You're so confident. Um, so no, the writing process is usually like I will incubate on an idea for however, like I won't even try and write it down. I will just kind of, it'll just be rattling around in the back of my head. And then... 
at some point I might end up saying it out loud in a conversation with like a friend or a boyfriend or like, do you know what I mean? Something like that. Um, and then I kind of gauge how it sounds as yeah. I say it out loud. And then I might take it and put pen to paper or I might like walk around my living room holding my phone and just being like, oh, uh, being uh, a millennial sucks because we have no money or whatever. <laughs> um, and and then I'll kind of try and... Because, like, you, I don't tend to do, like, gags. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I really, really struggle with, like, or, like... It's more stories like, and routines. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so I don't... That I do, you know, some people talk about like they sit down and then they have a column for this and then they have a column for that and then they mix and match all the words and then da 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 da. Like when I try and do that, my brain's like, no, nope, uh, don't want to do it. Um, and so, <laughs> so I just kind of, I, I kind of try and be as like conversational with it as possible. Right. And then maybe I'll go back and edit the language so that it's like funny language. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Great way of doing it. Do you think you will ever combine um, theatre with comedy? So do you think maybe moving into sketch comedy or visual humour or instead of just standing up in front of a microphone? Because if you've got your theatre background, yeah, combining I mean, the two may be a good idea as well. For sure, for sure. And like on my Instagram, like I've done like six videos, just sure. six because I'm too scared to do any more. Um, <laughs> um, but like I've done six that are just like there and they're kind of like little sketches or little tidbits. And I like to play around with like funny, like if there's like on iPhone, you've got like, um, there's a thing called Mimojis, sure. which are like the kind of animal characters. Yeah. And I like to kind of put my voice over like, the kind of octopus for example but do it like the godfather um and kind of just be like really weird um so like there's definitely an like i do definitely have like an interest in being a bit weird and kind of like sketchy um i would really love to like find people to write with who are like just who are similar because it can be like a bit like lonely doing it on your own so who knows maybe if i find like someone who i really vibe with there's a there's the reason why um i bring it up is that um there's a there's a comedian who i saw um she was at nick helms christmas charity show and she's called lucy pierman Mm. and she appears for example as a piece of fruit or a piece of veg so she's in a costume yeah um uh, or, or a classic example is she appeared as a fish and she, and she got and she got me up from the and I had to impersonate a chip. <laughs> oh my god, I love that! And it was I like mean, this, is, this it. is great. This is unique and, and yeah, and and wonderful. Um, I have this idea that like I could like because I read tarot cards in my spare yeah. time. So like I had this idea of like going out as like a massive tarot card and just being like, <laughs> hey, I'm here to it's tell you so Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I always remember um, Lucy Porter at the Edinburgh Fringe. To get the audience's attention, she's a wonderful stand-up comic, but to get the audience's attention, she appeared as a carrot uh, at the very start, she's dressed as a carrot, and Ashlyn Bees appeared as a bunny, a dancing bunny, yeah. and is exhausted for the rest of the show. It's that sort of <laughs> wonderful um, 
originality to it that really helps and and it, and you've got it in in spades because uh, the next question is whenever i've seen you you appear always appear to be very honest confident and fearless which is a massive quality to have um, <laughs> do you suffer from any nerves before you go on stage i think the, i think we know the answer to that and how do you cope with them um i don't it's not so much nerves anymore it's like it's not stage fright it's like uh especially if i'm doing new material it's right. like oh is, is this gonna be shit <laughs> <laughs> believe in yourself <laughs> um, so that's the sort of thing and the way that i cope with it is usually by being like i have that conversation with myself where i'm like well look it might be shit but if it is then like you learn something and you take the bits that aren't shit and yeah, you make yeah, them better. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the way that I tend to deal with it. And I mean, I yeah, like I, I try to base. I think I do come across quite fearless and a little bit kind of like, hey, whatever, I don't fucking care. It's, it's wonderful to see. It really is. It is. Um, and I think that's just my brain doing its job of like, okay, even if, <laughs> even if you're even if you're nervous, just fucking do it. Like, <laughs> well. I touched on it before, um, and because you've only been going for a year and a half, it's a bit of a daft question. But do you have it? Do you have any ambitions as a comedian? You obviously want to get as far as you can in the field, but do you see yourself on TV? Do you see yourself um, playing the O2, that sort of thing? I mean, I feel like I don't know what I would do if I played the O2. <laughs> I feel like I'd just come out and be like, you there. are you guys here for me? <laughs> <laughs> Has there been some kind of mistake? Um, um, I think ambitions-wise, I'd love to be able to, um, yeah, of course, like everyone's like, oh, I want to be on TV. Yeah. Um, that I suppose because that's like seen as like the most steady form of like uh income and validation that you're sure. a comedian yeah um but other than that like i and right now the only ambition i have is that i'd love to be able to write a killer one hour show like that's that's the, that's like the sort of ambition that i feel is like at reaching distance so is to be able um, to... when i go to edinburgh in 2022 will i go and see your solo one hour show uh, will it be ready maybe I, I 2020 will if it is I think maybe 2023. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, 2022. Yeah. I'll, I'll test it out. I'll do yeah, like yeah. a little half hour, like at maybe Brighton yeah, or like, yeah. do you know, like a little bit, some, just like, do you like little bits? And then 2023, yeah, yeah. I'll kind of be like, fucking have it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see. <laughs> this year, it's not just Edinburgh I go to. I love to go to all the fringes if I can. So I've been to Leicester. I yeah. went to Brighton, and the ma the one I went to that I loved this year for the first time was Hastings. And we oh, saw, wow. And we saw Lily Phillips there. She was superb, and she was just testing it all out again. Because, of course, coming off what we've all come off, everybody is just delighted to be back out again and doing it yeah. all live you know it's 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 lovely to see see see, see you all coming back who are your favorite comedians past and present did did you have comedy growing up in turkey did did you 
like a lot well, of Canadians growing up? So I, I mean, I, I was, I was born in England and um, my, I was raised in Australia. Right. And then I came over to England when I was fourteen. So right. I've actually like never really. I, right. I lived in Turkey. I've visited Turkey a few times. Sure. Uh, there is one very, very famous comedian in Turkey called Cemil Muz, um, who I've watched a bit of his stuff, and he is very good. Um, yeah, yeah. But he like it. it it's um, it's very like observational stuff, right? Um, which I guess kind of suits me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, as for people that I love, um, I'm a massive fan of Felicity Ward. Um, I absolutely love Dylan Moran oh, um, I eat up anything that um, oh, what's Kitson I can't Daniel remember Kitson. yeah Daniel like, Kitson yeah so and, and like a lot of people are like oh yeah I don't really like American comedians but like fuck that I love American comedians yeah, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> they're yeah, also yeah. really funny um, so very broad strokes in terms of who my like faves are yeah um yeah. basically if they're funny i like them that's how cool is that three absolute stormers felicity ward <laughs> is just the best she's, she's so, so good you just don't know what she's going to do next and that's why you keep watching yeah and, and it's the same with daniel kitson and i'm 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 with you on um american comedians my my favorite film comedian steve martin in, oh, yeah. in, in his heyday he was a genius um, but I was very, very fortunate to see Bill Hicks at Manchester, and oh, he wow. was just incredible. Um, and and the, just all these great comedians that can take a word and just go with it, fly with it, or build a routine on yeah. how angry they are or how happy they are or just you know whatever mood they're in and then yeah. they go you're coming with me you know it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just wonderful following on from that like me do you go to a lot of comedy gigs as a member of the audience um i think i used to go a lot more yeah. before i was doing the comedy yeah and actually like i feel like i would like to go more because actually seeing professional comedians or even not professional comedians, just could, like it's good because you learn by watching, especially yeah. if you're watching good people. Yeah, yeah. But um, there was also a point, I think, um, about maybe sort of right near the end of 2019, where I was like, if I go to another comedy gig, I'm going <laughs> to I punch someone. <laughs> <laughs> you can be too comedied out. <laughs> yeah, because also, like, especially, like, a lot of the time I'm doing open nights where there's, like, yeah. at least ten people on the bell. Yeah. And, it like, it starts at eight and it goes till fucking two in the morning. <laughs> um, and, and, and yeah, you, you can get comedy fatigue. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel kind of like... But I would love to go more. That's kind of one of my new things is, like, I'm going to try and go to more gigs. Well, um, we're, we're not going to the Edinburgh Fringe this year. I'm, I'm, I'm going home to Carlisle celebrating my birthday next week and then I'm coming back to London and doing like a London comedy fringy sort of thing. The Camden yes. Fringe is on. There's lots of open air gigs. So I'm looking forward to it all. Another great thing as well is um, that I love is watching comedians like yourself develop. And I've, and I've been doing this for 40 years. I mean... My first ever gig was on a family holiday. It was Les Dawson in, in Scarborough oh, wow. from the 70s. I haven't seen Markham and Wives. I've seen Ken Dodd, 
um, the two Ronnies, um, uh, just on and on and on, and then into the eighties, Frank Skinner, French and Saunders, oh the like big alternative, the Victoria Wood, and then of course Edinburgh. But but watching the comics develop and grow is wonderful. I I always remember um, thirty odd years ago, Harry Hill. We'd never heard of him, and we saw him at downstairs at the King's Head, and he brushed past me, and he jumped up on the stage, and he said, "Ladies and gentlemen, I'm really sorry I'm late. I had to have a testicle brought down, and there was a pause, and everybody laughed." And he said, "From Derby." And when I met him 30 years later, I said, that was the best opening line I've ever heard. He said, oh, Richie said, I still use it. <laughs> Amazing. So that's, that's magical, magical stuff. Um, how have you found online gigs as opposed to live gigs? Have you done many online gigs in the pandemic or um, do you think there's a difference? There is definitely a difference. Yeah. I, did, I did like... Um, I don't know. I did like a handful, maybe a yeah. bit more than a handful. Um, I initially did them and I was like, fuck that, never doing it again. Um, and then, <laughs> <laughs> They're that good. <laughs> um, but then I was like, okay, maybe I judged too harshly. Um, and then I went back and did a few more. And like, I feel like there's there's a few really good things for about them is that like, they're a really good way to kind of, if you want to try new words, you can yeah. just say the words out loud, yeah. you know, without having to do it to a mirror. Yeah. Um, but then I do, again, you know, I've got a theatre background. I love live performance. Oh, I yeah. love people being in a room together and kind of the magic that's created from that and the fact that it can't be replicated or ever found again. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that I might keep doing online gigs, but... I will always make priority for the. Of course, I am. I am with you. I, I. I. I always say online gigs are the best super substitution to, yes. to live. Um, when when it all started, um, I uh, I had been completely lost uh, without online comedy because yeah. Uh, uh, there was just nothing to do, and and when when they first started, um, there was no audio with them. They 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 were, they were all trying to work out what to do and whatever. So of course, with my loud laugh, I would sit looking at laughing at them, and I thought it'd be taken away. Just look at these four walls. People would be knocking on the walls, going, "Shut that fuck up!" <laughs> and of course, they couldn't hear me. On the but then they oh developed it all, and. Uh, um, when it's done well, it's done really well. I go to Sean James's Happy Mondays gig on a Monday night. Got Always Be Comedy, of course, who do very good online and live gigs. Yeah. And, and I used to go to the Irishman Abroad one, Jarlath Regan's one. And, and as long as they were produced well, they were fine. But yeah. I'm, I'm like you. I, I so love to go to a live comedy experience with my friends. I like to go for something to eat and then have a few beers and then just sit there and say, please entertain me. And the difference is you're in the now. You just have no idea what is going to happen. And that's the magic of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also, because like in some of the online gigs that I was doing, like there was one where like I was sort of getting ready to say my stuff. And then like I looked at the camera and I was like, (laughs) is that person lying down on their sofa? <laughs> like, 
it doesn't it's it's not the most like jazzed up environment for you to kind of be like okay well i guess i'm just gonna perform to this person who's like eating crisps with their top off That's that's of course the thing you never know what they're doing. Plus, as well, at the end of the night when you're so full of adrenaline, you just pull your computer uh, the top the thing down, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. it. And you're like, oh well, what what happens now? You know, so exactly, um, exactly. Um, but um, they're they're there for a very very. They've been a very good. Re, uh, oh, totally. Um, thank thank God, God they existed. Thank God, live comedy is coming back. Um, I've so much enjoyed talking to you. I could talk to you all day. Um, uh, is there anything else you'd like to say before we go? Um, have you got any online or live gigs coming up? Do you have any podcasts? Where can people find you on social media, that sort of thing? Um, so on social media, I can be found on Twitter and Instagram, splurging out my neurotic thoughts. Um, <laughs> That's just, a great just my name. for the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the, it's, it's just my name. The handle is Elida Arden. Yeah. Um, and then um, gigs I've got coming up. I'm doing the uh, Jokers and Queens. I'm emceeing for that on Friday right. in Hammersmith. Although obviously, if this is being released later, it probably Maybe will be make a difference yeah 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 Yeah. listeners uh if you are listening then uh at some point in july i empty the gig um (laughs) wow uh, wow um and yeah i'm I'm all your all your gigs are on your website are there on they'll be on social media they will be i i actually need to update my website with the gigs um so yeah but if you ever do want to see where i'm playing it will usually be on my website and if not there then just check me out on twitter like i talk about it all the time because i live on twitter so (laughs) well i for one cannot wait to come and see you again i think you're an exceptional talent you make me laugh so much that, that it's just been phenomenal wonderful talking to you thank you so much for being a great guest thank you for having me on and thank you for being a great host yours <laughs> you take care and all the best to you thank, thank you. you very much